This morning I want to uh, just to share something that I believe the Lord has uh, totally put on my heart for today. We had an amazing word last week. If you didn't hear it, get online. You can hear it about peace. I thought that was the most amazing word. It is so critically important. The Bible says God gave us peace and peace is a critical aspect of our emotional makeup to keep it stable and to keep it level where it should be. We have to walk in his peace. And I just thought that was an amazing, amazing word. I want to ask a couple questions this morning. Number one, has God gotten your attention yet? It's a good thought, isn't it? Here's a second question. Have you started conversing with God or are you still discussing current events and what you see with your friends? That's a good one, isn't it? I think we go through that sometimes. Something happens and we just start talking about it and, and then we start solving world problems, right? And, and we go through that whole process and, and we find that nothing changes and, and hopefully we come back and God gets our attention. And then this is a third question. Are you still telling God what you think he should do or are you trying to see what he is doing? Are you trying to tell God what he should do? And we're good at that, I think. You know, I, I, sometimes prayers end up that way, don't they? We, we actually tell God the whole problem because we thought maybe he didn't know that was happening here on the planet instead of proclaiming what was happening and, 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 and getting into his word. First, recognizing that something is happening. I guess that's the starting point. And then the second is to... Uh, really find out, God, what do you say about that? Or do you say about that? And then I begin to pray about that. I begin to proclaim that. I begin to be what he says is the oracle of God on this earth. I begin to maybe do a little bit of binding. Isn't that scriptural? Maybe I do a little bit of loosing. And we begin to get to, to where the whole body of Christ is rising up uh, to its mandate and its call. You do know this, I don't need to tell you this, but there have been many plagues throughout the ages, both in biblical times and all the way up to our times. There's been battles, there's been struggles, there's been leader struggles all along. And, uh, um, and it's nothing new, but somehow you wouldn't think that by the responses today, would you? You'd think this may be the first plague we've ever experienced. And, and, and yet God's saying, have I got your attention yet, maybe? Have I got your attention? Because you read so much in the scripture about this divine covering and protection of God over our lives, body, soul, and spirit. He even said through John in the New Testament, I would that you prosper, be in good uh, health, what? As your soul prospers. And I think the prerequisite may lean toward that your soul is prospering. Something's happening in your life and you're not worried about that. He's got it covered. When they went through the wilderness and they were following the cloud and the presence of God, he took care of their health. He took care of their clothing, their shoes and everything else. 
And yet somehow today, we, we end up living a little differently. I wanna take us through a story. I wanna take us through a story this morning that if, if you can follow, you will begin to see a pattern. And then I want to talk to us about how do we stand in chaos? How do we stand in chaos? And hopefully come to uh, some conclusions that are gonna really benefit us and we can walk away here from here this morning or online with something that's going to uh, begin to transform the way we are. I think God wants to get our attention. I think he's starting to. And uh, if round one doesn't work, round two should. <laughs> Come on. Uh, let's pray. Is that a good idea? Let's just pray. I just think Revelation is going to come to you this morning. So God, this morning, Revelation is what you love to give. That's what your Holy Spirit is here for. To teach us, to show us things to come, to open up the eyes of our understanding in areas that we may not understand. But God, just by the reading of your word and the help of your Holy Spirit this morning, uh, God, we can be enlightened and, uh, and, and understand you even more than ever before and understand your plan and purpose for our lives like never before. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. We're going to go to Chronicles, and these verses will be up on the screen for us. We're going to go to Second Chronicles, and we're going to go through just several passages. And, and, and my, my, my hope this morning is as we read them, that things will pop alive inside of your spirit about them. The Bible says you don't really need a teacher because the Holy Spirit is your teacher. He's the one that does this thing, and all of a sudden it illuminates it, and it stands out, and it does something for you and to you. It gives you direction. Gives you strength, gives you healing, whatever the case may be, as you read the word. There were numerous times when they finally, when the people of God, when Israel went back to the word, that God gave them exactly what we need to have today. And, and so we're going to look at that today. And again, I'm just going to pop through some scriptures. Uh, we're going to start in 2 Chronicles chapter 15. And we're going to read some scriptures, make a few comments, go through it. And then I'm going to show us how we can stand in chaos. Second Chronicles chapter 15, verses 7 and 8, it says, But you, be strong, and do not let your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. So he's coming to the kings now, he's coming to Israel through the kings, and he's just challenging them up about what they do with their life, that their, their life is to be filled with work. And if they will step up to the plate and do what God has called them to do, if you will step up to the plate, do what God's called you to do, it says your work is going to be rewarded. Verse eight. And when Asa heard these words, King Asa, and the prophecy of Obed, the prophet, he took courage and he removed the abominable idols from all the land of Judah and Benjamin and from the cities which he had taken in the mountains of Ephraim. And he restored the altar of the Lord that was before the vestibule of the Lord. So in the, in the process of reading the Old Testament, particularly the Kings and Chronicles, you'll read through the story about a bunch of different kings. And many of those kings were bad kings. And it just states it right out. Even though they were kings of Israel, the church, kings of the Christians, uh, uh, there were good ones and there were bad ones. And there were, they were kings of Judah, the two tribes. Yeah. And some it says right off the bat, it says, hey, this is so-and-so, and he was a bad one. 
And then it goes through and you can see his life and you can see the people of God following the bad king. And, and uh, because the people were given the king they probably deserved, right? Oftentimes, come on, we, we, we do. We, we, we get what we deserve sometimes in this respect. And so he gives it to them, not to destroy them. Everything that God does, if I could just say this, everything God does is for restoration. It's always to restore. When he spanks you, it's to restore you. It's never to drive you away. We, got, we must understand we serve a good, loving God. So the problem, though, here with Asa is that although Asa was started out as a good king, he didn't remove all of the idols. He didn't remove them all. And so they came back at the, toward the end here to, to bite him. And, um, and then after he doesn't remove them all, he just clipping along with the blessing of God and everything's going well. And you can read through these chapters maybe this week and get a greater picture of this. But he's clipping along, everything begins to do well, but then he starts to make a treaty or an agreement with a bad king. And he buys into him, and look at this in uh, chapter 16, in verse seven. It says, and at that time, Hananiah the seer, seer is a prophet in the, in the Old Testament, came to Asaph king of Judah and said to him, because you have relied on king, the king of Syria, bad king, and have not relied on the Lord your God, therefore the army of the king of Syria has escaped from your hand. In other words, God blessed him with a strong army. He became too dependent on the blessing of God, and so God is now taking it away from him. Because remember, if you, if you know of the Old Testament in that time, there were constant battles and constant wars for territory and land. Matter of fact, as you look at the Old Testament, if you want to understand how much spiritual warfare that you're in on a daily basis, just read through some of the kings and you'll see it. It's just like, wow, that's right. There's a lot out there. That's why it's important for us as believers. And so God comes to him with the prophet. He tells him this, takes away a, uh, the blessing that he gave him, the, the Syrian army, uh, which he had put his trust in. And, and, he, and he's trying to now wake Asa back up because he started out good. He cleaned out almost everything of the house of God. And now he's getting back here. He's leaning on man again. He's forgetting God. And look at uh, chapter 16 and verse 9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is what? Loyal to him. Loyal to to him. In this you've done foolishly. Therefore, from now on, you shall have wars. And then Asa was angry with the seer, the prophet, and he put him in prison, for he was enraged at him because of this. And Asa oppressed some of the people at that time. Wow, what an amazing thing. You know, I've had people get mad at me sometimes for speaking the truth into their life and i'm sure you have too you go to them and you speak the truth and they just get upset with you and this is what's happening here he comes they said man you, you know god gave you this blessing he gave you this favor you came from a bad king to a good king he gave you favor and you turned away from him on the course of your journey and now you're relying more on the blessing that he gave you than on him now how many know how easy that is 
Let's just be transparent. It's very easy for all of us to get there. And, and many of us have gotten way too comfortable. Yeah. We've kind of thought that God bought us an easy chair. Yeah. <laughs> and we just kind of begin to kick back. And we just, now we're just relaxing when in fact he, he, he made us to go out and destroy the enemy because we still need to fulfill the mandate in the Garden of Eden where he said, go and, and take authority there. He didn't give us the blessing for us. And even through Father Abraham, wasn't it said, I want to bless you now so you can go out and be a blessing. I'll give you every place that your foot goes. What does he tell the church? Go and I will not let the gates of hell prevail against you. And, and, and yet the church has relinquished that. We've kind of, we've gotten blessed and we've gotten comfortable and, 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 and it's hard to have a prayer meeting without begging anymore uh, or offering a potluck or something, you know? It's just hard to get people just to come running to pray, especially when we're in the middle of a big issue. I mean, we should pray all the time. Maybe we wouldn't get in these big issues. <clears throat> Maybe we would just... Uh, get on our motorcycle and triumph through the land. Like he told Moses, we got to go for it. We can do this thing. That's what we're supposed to be doing. The mandate is still to, to take authority, right? Amen. Come on. And, 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 and yet we slack off and we, we get very comfortable. But God's challenging his church in this day that we might get away from that. And that we might get ourselves positioned to be the church that Jesus died for. And so he's angry. He kills him. You know, uh, it's kind of a good king. Now he's bad king, you know. Uh, and, then, and then after a little bit of time, 2 Chronicles chapter 14, verses 1 and 2, Asa did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord. And he removed the altars from that place. Now I want you to think about your life and maybe some of the things that you've removed from your life. And I'm just gonna to try to reflect on my life. When I first got saved, man, I was kicking them out left and right. I was throwing all the idols out, you know, just and, and, uh, as soon as I say this, somebody's gonna think something wrong, but I took all of my, my albums that I had. If you know what those, if you don't know what those are, they're like music uh, on plastic. Okay, I took all of those and I remember, I thought, well, I could sell them, but I felt like the Lord said, no, you just need to destroy them. That's all junk, and it was. And so I remember going out there and destroying them and burning them and throwing all that away and getting rid of all the, the drugs that I had. You know, I didn't finish selling them before I got rid of them. I dumped them down the toilet. I mean, I know the temptation's there, but I was there. You know, I'm on, I'm on fire for God now and it's gone. But I didn't get rid of all of them. And there were some that just hung on there and I just didn't see them. And then they start coming back. And they, what they wanna do is to snare you. And I hope you know what I'm talking about. And, 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 and we just begin to, you know, just to, to, to try to walk through Christianity. This is what Asa did. That's exactly what he did. He didn't kill them all. And they came back now to try to kill him. And now he's gonna turn back to the Lord after a, another warning comes. Now the Spirit of the Lord, 2 Chronicles chapter 15, verses 1 and 2. Now the Spirit of the Lord came upon Azariah, the son of Obed, and he went to meet Asa, and he said to him, Hear me, Asa, and all of Judah and Benjamin, 
The Lord is with you while you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found of you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Now, are you hearing what he's saying? I have if circled on my notes. If I seek him, he will be faithful to me. If I don't, he will not be faithful to me. Does anybody here believe that? I mean, sometimes we act like we don't. And just all transparency, we just kind of, nah, I, I don't know, you know. I, I don't think I need to seek them still. I'm doing well. I'm doing fine. I got what I need. I'm relatively happy. I get healed most of the time. And then I, I just try to move forward in line. But yet the prophet's coming to say, hey, the Lord is with you while you're with him. But if you see, and if you seek him, you will be found of him. And I think, Lord, are we finding you? Lord, am I finding you? How's my relationship with the living God? Is it there or is it just not? And, and, and he gives us this challenge. And so um, Asa, of course, you know, he, he stopped trusting in God. He kind of thought that wasn't going to be a good idea after all. And listen to what happens in 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 11 to 14. Note that the acts of Asa, first and last, are indeed written in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. And in the 39th year of his reign, Asa became diseased in his feet, and his malady was severe. Yet in his disease, what did he do? He did not seek the Lord, but he sought physicians. Now that just shows you where he had moved to. He completely moved to his trust in, the, in, in man. Asa rested, that means he died, with his fathers. He died in 40, 41st year of his reign, and they buried him in his own tomb. So I think it's just something to stop and just say, wow, that's pretty strong, isn't it? He quit trusting in the Lord, even though he'd seen the victory of God. And I guess as I was reading through this and, and uh, walking through this, I thought, you know, boy, that's easy to do. You can really trust God one day and maybe not the next. Or you can trust God and then all of a sudden you start going through a season of challenge, which I think we go through. I think Jesus said you would. I go through a season of challenge and instead of pulling myself out miraculously with the power of God and the power of his word, I end up retreating back to finding my way to get past this. I just bury stuff and I just bury the truth that I've known and, and now I've lost my zeal for the Holy Spirit and now I'm just living life and I'm trying to make it work as best as possible while I'm still in church. I'm still here, I'm gonna left that, I'm not that stupid, but I've quit trusting in him and I really haven't seen the signs and wonders follow and I, I'm just really discouraged and disappointed and, 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 and again, now I'm just this, Good old Joe, you know, I'm a nice guy still. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to kill you like I might have beforehand. But I'm just, I'm not, I'm not really trusting in the Lord. I'm not really close to him today. He's still distant from me. I'm not having encounters with him. I'm not experiencing his, the power of his presence in my life. And I've learned how to work it on my own. And he's made us smart enough to do that. 
So now we go to chapter 17 in 2 Chronicles. It says this here. It says this is kind of a new beginning here. He's dead now, and now the next king's coming up. And it's king. this king was uh, Jehoshaphat. It says, Now the Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he walked in the former ways of his father David, and he did not seek the Baals or the different gods and idols of that day. But he sought the God of his father, and he walked in the commandments and not according to the acts of Israel. Because Israel had a lot of bad kings. They went through a lot of bad stuff. And, and, and so uh, things are now going good again for him and for the, for the kingdom of Judah. But then we drop down just... A few verses is the next chapter, 18 and verse 1, and look what happens. Jehoshaphat had riches and honor in abundance, and by marriage he allied himself with Ahab. I put it in parentheses there. That's not the Bible. Bad plan. <laughs> Going along well, and now all of a sudden he made this new ally. Now, I, I just, I want us in, in such a deep way to really let this sink in that if these guys that were great believers could do this, we could do it. And if we have, it's always the time, but now's really the time for you to get away from that and get back into this relationship with your heavenly father that is close and tight and you're following him. And so it says he didn't do that. He's, he's taken off in the other way. Uh, and, and he made allies with the world, basically. And, and really, uh, you know, when we, when we look at this, again, this is just man. This is our, our, our nature when we're left alone from God. So after that bad plan now, uh, Ammon comes up against him. Uh, Jehoshaphat, you know, he had joined Syria. Or, I mean, excuse me, Jehoshaphat the uh, Ammon and another country went against Jehoshaphat and then Syria joined in on that battle. Remember, Syria was the one that left them. Now they're coming back to attack and destroy uh, Jehoshaphat. Well, that gets his attention. That gets his attention. Unfortunately, it takes a lot sometimes. Second Chronicles 20 and verse 3, it says, And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself back to seek the Lord and proclaim a fast throughout all of Judah. And then in chapter uh, 20, verse 12, it says this here. It says, this is his prayer. Our God, oh, our God, actually, he's desperate now. Will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us. Nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. So it's just that back and forth. And I think, you know, I've walked in this myself, you know, one minute you're fervent and on fire for the Lord, the next minute you're just chilling out and all of a sudden it takes something that gets into your face and now you're going to run back to God. Oh God, I need you. And, and this is what he's wanting to get completely out of his church. So then again, now in verse 14, the prophet comes. Listen to this. Then the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jael, and the son of Mat Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph in the midst of the assembly. So here he calls this person, uh, uh, Jehaziel, the prophet, comes out of the woods. Now, how many have heard of Jehaziel? Probably not too many of us. And as I thought about this guy's life, his name means this, beheld of God, or it means seen or watched of God. In other words, God's watching this. Remember, he's looking to and fro for those who have a heart for him. And now his name is 
God's been watching him. And if you track his life, he was with David in the army when they went against Ziglag. And we see his life kind of, he was a warrior and, and he was, it says he was a Levite. So that means he was a part of the priestly team, helping out with the priestly team. We know he was a prophet. Uh, it also said he was related to Asaph. Asaph, in case you didn't know it, was a musician. Asaph wrote some of the Psalms. David wrote some of the Psalms. Asaph wrote some of the Psalms. And Moses wrote some of the Psalms. David didn't write all of them. So he's into the music thing too. And, and, and so, so he's on top of this thing and God calls him out and says, all right, man, I'm going to give you the prophetic word that's going to turn things around. And I just think about you and I, you know, uh, you didn't know his name and, and maybe nobody knows your name. But as you follow Christ, as you learn to know him, as you stay close to your heavenly father and you want to know his desire and his will for your life in a big way, more than just, God, I want you to bless me. I want you to give me stuff. I want to take all those promises. I want all of your healings. Those are all great things. But we said, he told us, seek first what? Yeah, am I interested in the kingdom and what can I do for the kingdom? And I thought, I thought about this guy. I thought, man, he was, he's been all over the place for years. He's been faithful. He saw revival and he saw plagues, but he remained faithful and God was watching him and God is watching you in your life. Amen. Have you remained faithful? Is this the, the two things that, 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 that God wants of us is to be faithful and to be available for him to use us. And I think, boy, how many people just throw in the towel because of maybe a long season of, of, of waiting? I mean, you got to know by now God's not fast, right? <laughs> you know he's not in a hurry because he doesn't have a clock or a calendar. So we're at a disadvantage here. But he's not in a hurry, and sometimes things take years because his process has to do with your life too. He's, 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 he's perfecting your life. He's beautifying your life. He's doing something in you. But he might be like Esther. Remember Esther? She's another one, isn't she? Yeah. Who's Esther? Where'd she come from? She's, you know, all of a sudden now, she saves all of the Jews and deals with the demonic Haman. Isn't that amazing? And you just go through the scriptures and you see all these obscure people that God just pulls out. Why? Because he's beholding them. He's watching them. He's always watching us. And he's looking, right, for those that are going to be faithful of heart. Yeah. And I just think, oh, God, you're just, <laughs> you're just amazing. So he gets, this, he gets this prophet to come to him. Second Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 15. And he said, listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and, 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 and King Jehoshaphat, with an exclamation mark. So he's really shouting his name out here. And he's saying... Thus says the Lord God to you, do not be dismayed because, do not be afraid nor dismayed because this great multitude, because of this great multitude, for what? The battle is not yours, but it's God's. Wow. See, he's going to throw all kinds of things up to put, make us afraid, put fear in our heart. Oh, this is too big. It's too many. I just tell you, there's nothing too big for God. Amen. Verse 17, you will not need to fight in this battle. 
position yourself and stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. See, we just got to have him with us, don't we? We see the model of this throughout the Old Testament when, when they had the Ark of the Covenant with them, which represents the presence of God. They, they, they were always winning the battles, but when it got into the enemy's hands and they let it go and they set up the other idols, then they lost the battles. But God came back to them. But I love this. You know, hey, listen, uh, you're not going to have to fight in this battle. We, we... We don't, <clears throat> excuse me, we don't fight for, for the victory, right? right? We fight from the victory. But we've got to know God and we've got to understand God and we've got to know what he's telling us to do for that particular battle. How do I handle it? That has always been the case. Have you inquired of the Lord or are you just zooming forward in your life doing good things that you've learned in Sunday school and that's it? I'm good. Or have I kept this relationship going with God? And I'm just telling you, this is more critical than ever before. I'm telling you this because we are recognizing some huge plagues on our planet, right? And it's not just a nation, national thing. This is a global thing. It's got to tell you, God's involved in this. He's not back hiding away from it. And, 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 uh, and so as we step up to this, he gives them instructions in verse 20. So they rose early are these up on the screen? You're so good up there, Jessica. You too, Ivan. Verse 20. So they rose early in the morning. They went out into the wilderness of Tekiah. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God. And you will be established. What's established? That's solid ground. I'm standing on solid ground. I'm not wavering with everything that's happening around me. I'm standing on solid ground. And then he says this here. Believe his prophets and you will prosper. So he's given them some pretty clear instructions here on what to do and how do we move forward. And, and verse 21 says, And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. And they break out in song, a song of the Lord there in verse 22. And now when they had begun to sing and to praise, and Julie was saying it this morning. When they began to sing and praise, the Lord set an ambush against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. Amen. I'm just telling you, it might be too simple for you, but worship and praise is more important than you'll ever believe. Because it brings his presence, it opens your heart up, it softens your heart, and opens you up so that you can actually receive his word. Because remember, at one point they were going to stone the prophet, kill the prophet. It's not what I wanted to hear. And, and we can be the same way. We can in, be in the same way. It just, it, it, and when we see this, this just shows me again how fierce the battle that we are in really is. If all you see is what you see, you're not, all, you're not seeing all that you should see. If all you see is what you see, you're not seeing all that you need to see. And God's trying to capture the attention of the church. 
And let me just bring us to a close with just a few scriptures and a couple thoughts of standing in the battle. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12, we're all familiar with this. We're all very familiar with this. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Would you say that with me? We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Not in heaven, high heaven, but in heavenly places. Basically, that means in the airwaves. You wonder where your struggles come from. They're right there. You wonder why you're wrestling with something when you're so intelligent. It's right there. He's, you're not wrestling with flesh and blood. You're wrestling with these principalities and powers that are, uh, that are all around us. Right? When I read this, I thought, how can I get everybody to really get this? so hard for us to stay there. I mean, what if every time something wrong happened that you recognized that it wasn't flesh and blood creating that? And you called out on the living God and he gave you the answer to that situation. And a lot of times it would have to do with relationships. And then, it's, and, and then we back up now. I did this intentionally, but back up to verse 10. It says, finally... My brethren, be strong. It's almost like he's exasperated here. You know, finally, listen, we've been going through this. We're already to the book of Ephesians, Paul was thinking. I already wrote Corinthians and the Gospels you've already read and you've had all the Old Testament. Finally, my brethren, could you be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might? and put on the whole armor of God that you would be able to withstand against the wiles of the devil? Then we'll jump to verse 13 now. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you might be able to withstand in the evil day. How many feel like you're living in an evil day? Can we agree with that? We're living in a pretty evil day when you honestly, sadly look behind the curtains of our own nation, not to mention the world. But our own nation, when you pull back the curtain, take an honest look, what you see is horrible. What you see is worth, worse probably than Sodom and Gomorrah. And this is what he's saying. This is, this is the battle that's going on. You're living in an evil day. Now after having done all, he needs us to stand. But our struggle isn't against flesh and blood. It's not against those things that we think. But it's against the principalities and powers. To withstand means to set oneself against. I need to resist and oppose some things. That's withstanding. But then he goes on and he says, but then we need to stand. That's just to, to find my place. I know where I know who I am. <laughs> I got my armor on. I, I got the power of God working in me. And now I can stand. I'm not always frantic and, 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 and I'm not always in a panic and I'm not always withstanding, although I need to at times. And you'll know when you need to withstand. But there's other times when I just need to stand. And not be in that position. It's just a different position. It means to be on that strong foundation. Remember, we talked about that earlier. Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3. I don't know if I have that on there or not. Oh, good. 
You will keep him in perfect peace. And let me just say, I've said this before, hopefully not too many times, but that anxiety is destroying your physical body. It's destroying your emotional makeup. It's destroying your soul, basically. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. It's just wiping it out. And that's why he said, man, I'm going to give you this perfect peace that's going to take care of that. There's no reason for us to run around like we do sometimes. 2 Thessalonians 3.16. Now may the Lord of peace, we talked about that last week. Again, you got to listen to that message if you missed it. Jehovah Shalom. Now may the Lord of peace himself grant you his peace when? At all times and in what? In every way that the peace and spiritual well-being that comes to those who walk with him regardless of life circumstances. The Lord be with you all. Wow. Wow. God, come to me with that. Come to me with that. How will I stand strong in chaos? Let me, and I don't think this is a, oh, it is. I'm better than I thought I was. Where else she is? <laughs> How will I stand, probably Jessica. How will I stand strong in chaos? And, and I'm not going to have time to expound these, but I, I'd like to go through the, this next week. But I want to give you something to consider. I need to fight fear with faith. I need to fight fear with faith. And, and, and again, remember, we're in a spiritual battle. If I don't do this, and, and faith is active and faith is powerful, I have to be walking in faith. And I'm just thinking, you know, faith is just so much more active than I've at times thought. You know, I just think, oh, I just gotta have faith. Just have faith, it's almost like stop. No, faith has movement to it. Faith does something. Faith is, 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 is urging me on each day. I'm walking in faith on a regular basis. Number two, I need to remember that God is almighty, Al Shaddai. Des did a fabulous job on that, uh, the, the names of God. And uh, I so enjoyed listening to the names of God. Remember that God is almighty. Can I just say it again? He's so big, nothing is worrying him. <laughs> Nothing's too big for him. And then I need to fight confusion with clarity and with truth. You need to fight confusion with clarity and truth. If you're not reading the truth, because that's really the only truth that there is. If you're not reading the truth, you will probably always find yourself in more confusion than you really want to be in. But it's the truth that settles something deep inside of your spirit, and now your spirit is overriding your natural man and giving you the strength uh, and, 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 and clarity is just, you know, you get clarity right here out of the Word of God. You got an issue, go right here, this is it. And then the fourth thing is to keep your mind stayed on Him and we said that earlier. Uh, he wants us to keep our mind and our thoughts stayed in Him. And I'm not sure that we really know how to do that. You know, so that's kind of what Paul says, I want you to pray without ceasing. You know, how do we do that? Well, if I told you to breathe without ceasing, you'd know how to do that, wouldn't you? It's kind of a natural thing, isn't it? It just happens. You don't even know you're breathing. You know that I never thought about that I breathe. 
until I was paralyzed and I couldn't breathe. And they put me on a lung machine for two months. And, uh, and when it was time to come off of that machine, they said, we have to wean you off of it because you don't get it. You don't get the fact that this has been helping you all this time. So you've been feeling it. And it's really weird because the, the nurse didn't get the memo that they had to wing me off, I think. <clears throat> so she just unhooked me when they said that they could. And I remember, and this is how strong your soul is, I remember my mind telling me, you know, she really did that and you really aren't breathing. Because I couldn't breathe, I couldn't feel myself breathe because I'd been having that pressure of breathing for so long. And I just remember going through this process of mind that was just freaking me out freaking me out and I'm thinking wait a minute I can't breathe I'm not breathing and they had to come and talk me into it and actually in the process I actually they said I learned to breathe wrong of all things <laughs> uh, this is getting weirder by the moment you guys want to kill me right no but you know what I'm saying so there's these things that we we you know are we praying without ceasing are we really keeping our mind really stayed on him and and finding out when our mind is going back this way because it always takes little steps, little unrecognizable steps. Well, they're recognizable, but we can avoid them. We can, nah, we can ignore them. Not avoid them, but ignore them. And pretty soon we're way out there and we wonder what happened. God's after a people that will know him. And this morning, I just want to pray for every one of us this morning. And we're going to look at this next week. Pray for every one of us this morning that God would help us fight fear that's covering the planet with faith. Remember that God is almighty. He's bigger than it all. Nothing intimidates him. He has your days numbered, actually, believe it or not. He has your days numbered, and he hasn't given that up to anybody else that I've read. Fight confusion with clarity and truth, and keep your mind stayed on him. Let's pray. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Father, we just thank you for the, the work of your Holy Spirit this morning. Even in the worship, God, you were singing this message to us. And God, I pray that this morning that your word, the scriptures that we've read, would penetrate our hearts with greater understanding than ever before. And God, as we proceed forward, God, we would be, do more than uh, just hold on for our dear life. But God, we would be the light and the soul that you're asking us to be. We would be the stability in this world that you're asking us to be. We would be the word of light and salt and, uh, that you want us to be, God, especially in this time when so many of your people, your sons and your daughters are in fear and, 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 and anguish, God, over the condition of what's going on. God, you want your people to be salt, light, love to them. And God, here we are, ready to be loosed. <laughs> We're ready to be loosed and unmasked for you. And Lord, we want to be the voice that you called us to be in this day and in this hour. I just pray your blessing upon us. And I just want to, Lord, reinforce in my own heart this prayer of faith for healing and restoration in the body of Christ and protection over the body of Christ. And then God, we do extend that out to our world, that you would cut this wretched plague off. You cut it off in Jesus' name. We take authority to bind it in Jesus' name. 
And just ask you, Father, to do that on behalf of your people. We're humbled. We love you. We worship you, God, with all of our heart today. In the name of Jesus Christ and all God's people said,